Hey, it's Sean on a Fun Kids Meets, and we've got two legends of book royalty on the show. The first one being Bex. Yay! Hi, Sean. Yeah, that's right. I've invited you into the literature royal circle. Well, thank you so much. I, I am very thrilled about that, and I will explain more why as to why I feel like I'm justified in being there. <laughs> Well, here's someone who definitely doesn't need to justify why they're in the uh, the literature royal circle, and that's Jacqueline Wilson. Yeah, Jacqueline Wilson is um, one of my favourite authors ever, and this week I got to speak to her about her brand new book. How cool is that? I know you always love catching up with Jacqueline Wilson. We love having her on Fun Kids because she is an absolute legend. Was, was there any behind the scenes of this meeting with Jacqueline Wilson? So this one was an interesting one. It was on Zoom, as a lot of interviews are at the moment. Um, if I remember rightly, she came from a quite blue room. It was really weird. And she also was just a, a delight. Like, she's always really lovely. And you know how sometimes, maybe if you see, like, your favourite band or something and they don't perform, like, their big hits because they feel like they're over it now? Well, Jacqueline Wilson is not like that. She will quite happily talk about any of her books that you've written. Like, no matter how long ago they were, no matter whether they were, like, Tracy Beaker, which she talks about a lot, she always gives you the goss. She tells you exactly what you want to hear. It's brilliant. I love her. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So let's get to Fun Kids Meets. This is the part of the podcast where I try and guess what Bex and Jacqueline Wilson spoke about in their interview that is going to be coming up in a few short minutes. So my first one, Bex, is the book is based on a classic, isn't it? It is indeed. Yes, correct. And it is based on the Railway Children. Again, I don't want to give away too much. Yes, correct. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Now, I don't know much about the original classic, The Railway Children, which is probably shameful at this stage of the podcast. So I'm just hoping that you guys are going to cover that in the interview. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Again, I don't want to ruin anything. So I'll just agree and nod my head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Sure. And also because it's a it's not it's an adaptation of the classic. I'm wondering whether there's any classic um, retakes on any of Jacqueline Wilson's stories. Obviously not published for legal reasons, but maybe <laughs> they, maybe she's seen some like fan fiction or been shown uh, uh, a take on like Tracy Beaker or something. Okay, yeah, good point. Uh huh. And also, I'm going to just throw a curveball one in there. I was thinking, I was thinking maybe you could talk about other stuff you've borrowed in your lives, other <laughs> than other than classic book ideas. But I'm going to go with just favourite railway routes. You know, it's a, it's a railway-based one. Maybe Jacqueline Wilson. I'm, I'm sure she's been travelling up and down on book tours and doing all sorts of fun stuff. I wonder whether she had a favourite railway route. That is what I'm, I'm clinging on to, the hope that that is discussed in this podcast. All right, well, that's a very thoughtful um, guess, I'd say, Sean. I think that's they are some interesting choices. They're all going to be rubbish, aren't they? I'm just, I can just <laughs> tell by your voice. Right, let's see what Bex chatted to absolute legend Jacqueline Wilson about on Fun Kids Meets. Right now, I am joined by super author Jacqueline Wilson. Hi, Jacqueline, how are you? Hi, I'm absolutely fine, thank you. The sun is shining and I'm feeling very happy. It's a bright and lovely day. I know the rain has stopped. We're all good to go for summer. Yep, yep, hopefully. (laughs) Now, I say this, I haven't actually been outside today because I have been reading your book and I've absolutely loved it. No regrets at all. Uh, your brand new book, The Primrose Railway Children, is is an epic adventure. Oh my goodness. Is it your longest book yet? 
It seems to be very long. I didn't realise it was so long when I was writing it, but when I came to to go through it all and change bits and pieces, I thought, good Lord, this is going on forever and ever and ever. But uh, hopefully um, it's got a lot in it. So um, I hope it doesn't drag too much. Oh, it absolutely doesn't. I loved every second. It was so great because I um, have never read or seen The Railway Children before. So every page for me was a real surprise. I didn't know what was coming. Um, So I guess we should let you explain... uh, this is a kind of reimagining of the original Railway Children book. That's right. The Railway Children was written by a woman called Edith Nesbitt in Edwardian times at the beginning of the 20th century. And I loved it as a child. And it was made into a very special film, uh, which heaps and heaps of people watched and were in tears at the end of it. And it was it's just the most legendary story. So I felt a bit cheeky reimagining it. The The old story is that Dad is mistakenly accused of something and sent to prison. Mum takes the children, the three children, um, Bobby, the eldest, then um, Peter, the middle boy, and then Phyllis, the youngest girl, takes them to the countryside because money has run out. um, And they have all sorts of adventures on the railway, which is near the new cottage. And I rather wanted to do my own version, partly because I wanted people to go back to the actual original story, because I know now that not a lot of people have read it or even seen the film. And so I thought, okay, how could I do it to make it my book? I didn't think Edith Nesbitt would mind too much because she herself borrowed ideas from people. I think if if she's floating around in space anywhere, I think she would have a laugh at me. And she happened to wear lots and lots of silver bangles. So I thought we could both jangle our bangles together at each other. So, So in my story, which is a very modern story, and the children are now called Bex, short for Rebecca, and Perry, that's the boy. And the story is told by the youngest child, and I've called her Phoebe. So they still got the same initials. And it's the same situation. Dad has disappeared mysteriously, and um, he is actually in prison. Mum takes the children away to a very dilapidated cottage in the country, which they get for hardly any money because it's an Airbnb and nobody wants to go and stay there. <laughs> and um, and they live near a railway station. But I thought we can't have children nowadays playing about on railway platforms or walking along the tracks because it's way too dangerous. So this is a vintage steam railway station, which there just happens to be one quite near where I live in Sussex. And I thought everybody is quite interested in in old engines and you can have fun with this. And so I do have the children have adventures there, but it's kind of my sort of book in that all sorts of different things happen. And I don't have any magic elderly gentleman as there is in the first book who sorts everybody's problems. My kids have to sort things out for themselves. But there is a very happy ending. And um, I just I just had so much pleasure in writing it and feeling that I was trying to show that 
even if your life seems to be over and it's all changed, there are all sorts of new and exciting things. Plus, if anybody is a guinea pig lover, this is the book for you. It is. Now, oh my goodness, so many things to ask you. Now, first of all, you say there's no magic kind of old man, but that's what I love about your books is that it's all realistic. And as a reader, you think this could be me. I could be that person and I could be the kind of hero of my own story. And it's quite nice to keep that realism in it, I think. Well, I certainly, uh, as a child, always used to think that way because mostly it was felt that if it's a children's book, you've got to make everything absolutely okay for children and not have them too worried or upset about anything. I think within reason you can do that as long as you have some some funny bits too and some gentle bits. And then I always try and make my stories have a happy ending, but a realistic happy ending. And so in many ways, the, the Primrose Railway Children, my book, is very different from the original. But I do think that anybody who's really seriously into reading might enjoy reading one and then the other and sort of comparing them and seeing. I don't mind if people prefer Edith Nesbitt's book because I love that too. But I do hope some people think, oh, the Primrose Railway Children, yeah. That's my favourite. Well, it's funny you say this. So I have read your book, obviously, and I called my dad. And my dad knew the film very well, so he was talking me through the kind of comparisons. He also said he cried a lot at the end. He said that's his problem. He said he cries every time he watches it. Um, But was it quite difficult to kind of modernise it? Because, you know, you've added TikTok, you've added, like, social media and stuff. Was that quite tricky? Certainly, it's quite difficult um, to take in all the, the problems that modern life gives But because the cottage is way in the middle of the country, not attached to anything else, no mobile signal, no no broadband, so I could cheat in that way. And I had to, in the, the railway children, when there's a really serious danger happening and the the children whip off, <laughs> it sounds weird, their red flannel petticoats, because yes. kids wore very different things in those days, and make them into an emergency flags. And I was thinking, well, I want to mirror this scene, but what on earth could children use that's red to make quite big, to be made into sort of emergency flags? And I thought, yay, what about a Manchester United supporters? Big T-shirt. So there we go. So there were little bits and pieces like that that I changed. I also had to do quite a bit of research about steam engines. I knew nothing about them. Oh, okay. and um, I, I got some old kids' books about, you know, the, the, the Wonder Book of Railways and the Boys' Book of Steam Engines and, and this sort of stuff. And, and this, this girl found it really quite hard work reading and trying to sort out the differences between trains and how many wheels different t- types had. But I've done my best to get my facts right. Um, I am sure I'll probably get some, some child whose granddad is a very keen vintage railway expert to say, um, you got it wrong there. But but please do get in touch if that is true, because if the book is has ever reprinted, then it will be very useful to actually change bits. And then I could put a little asterisk and say, thank you, so-and-so, for pointing this out. Oh, my, you know what? You're going to have so many people reading it now just to prove you wrong so they can get name-checked. That's very yep. clever of you. <laughs> 
I see what you've done here. Uh, now, also, you, like you said, you've written it from the point of view of the youngest daughter, so uh, Phyllis or, or Phoebe, depending on, on your version yes. of the original. Um, why did you change it? Why did you make sure that it was from her point of view? Well, in in the original book, it's very much the older girl, Roberta, who's nicknamed Bobby in the book, and it's from her side of things. And she's a sensible one, and she's a good, kind elder sister. And you know, she's a lovely character. And... Yet somehow or other, I felt sorry for the youngest girl in the original book because mother really relies on Bobby tremendously. She likes Peter very much because he's the boy of the family. And I know we think differently now, but in those days, you know, mothers often privilege the the male child. But about Phyllis in the original book, she she all she could say about her is that she means extremely well. And I think that's rather a damning phrase. And so I I have my Phoebe being the youngest, and she feels she's not mum's favourite. Maybe she's right. Who knows? And she feels a bit fed up and resentful about it. Her total favourite parent is dad. And of course, he's gone missing. And Phoebe is just distraught to be without him. And um, she she sort of goes off into a world of her own imagination and gets obsessed with all sorts of things and and yet can also have fun too. I, th- I think she's an interesting character. But she's, she's not perfect, but I feel a lot of children would identify with her. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, her relationship with her dad clearly is is just so important. Um and it must have been very hard in a way keeping the secret from not only the reader but also from her for as long as possible because she yes. doesn't know what's happened. Exactly. I had to imagine very hard that I am this young girl um and I don't really know where my dad has gone and because my Phoebe has a very very vivid imagination she pretends because her dad once had a little tele program about um, a sort of modern version of Robinson Crusoe, who's shipwrecked on a desert island. She feels that he's gone onto a desert island in reality and doing one of those, you know, sort of videoing himself there for a future television program. And she tries to work out what he might be doing. And as as the reader reads on, you might think, yes, I can just see Dad there, this is happening. Or you might think, nah, <laughs> not possible. I mean, it, it's one of those, is this really happening is it not sort of thing but all becomes crystal clear by the end oh and she's full of hope isn't she that's one thing about phoebe she is full of hope and imagination she is and um i i've written a lot about mums and daughters in my books in the past there aren't so many books that deal with that huge bond you can get between a dad and a daughter and I I want to show what that's really like and he's a lovely dad in spite of one particular flaw that he has and um, you know I wanted to to celebrate that warmth between them. I, you know, I was just about to give away something. I was about to say something in the book and then I thought I can't say it because that is a massive spoiler. And if anybody's listening, it'll be <laughs> game over. So I better not. All I will say is it's 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 a lovely uh, ending. It's an interesting way you resolve it and it's different or 
it's 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 a great way to modernize it i would say the whole the whole book the oh whole thank you thank yeah. i'm really glad you enjoyed it i really really did um now of course you've you've, you've also worked with other books as well uh uh was it four four children in it is that the, the right one another that's right yes. yeah so is there another book that you have your eyes on that you're thinking i'm going to go around old literature and just make sure we've modernized them get them sorted <laughs> It's it's quite tempting. I think, though, if I did, there would have to be a real reason why I wanted to do it, to, to make a particular point, because I don't want to mess with the classics. I mean, I, I love them myself. I want to encourage children to, to read them. I, there isn't one that I would absolutely feel, yes, I have to write this next. But you never know. Maybe on my journey home, because I'm in a little studio, suddenly this idea will bob up in my head. Well, I did also wonder, if somebody was to come to you and say, could I reimagine one of your books, what would you say? Is there a certain book that you think you'd love to see what they would do with it? Well, this has already happened. But it was a child um, who, who said, wrote to me and said, um, I think the story of Tracy Beaker is a classic. Well, you rewrite the classics, so I'm going to rewrite your book. <laughs> and I, I admired him for his cheek. And I, I said, I think you're going to have to wait till I'm not here anymore if you want to do that. Because at the moment, you know, there's such a thing as copyright and Tracy Beaker is mine. So I'm sorry, you can't really borrow her unless it's just for yourself and for fun. But uh, it's a lovely idea. But I I would think it would be a, a sort of compliment if anybody thought it worthwhile um, to do that. And certainly as a fun exercise, you know, in the classroom or or at, at home uh, for homework or whatever, if anybody wanted to have a go at that, and you know, why not? Why not pretend to be a child in the children's home where Tracy is and have somebody else's viewpoint of her. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. Or maybe you could be a family that goes to the same Primrose Railway as as my children do, and they have their own adventures, but sometimes meet up with my children. I mean, you know, you you could play around all over the place with it. Uh, Yeah. Um, I like this idea of building worlds. Like I can imagine, you know, the bed and breakfast star or the families and other people living there or a double act, that kind of thing. I think that'd be quite cool to get different characters who have maybe touched in the story, but kind of come back out of it. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I do that myself in that um, I wrote about a book about identical twins, double act. And then many years later, I, I wrote a book about identical triplets and and then for reasons of the plot, actually they do meet up with Garnet and Ruby from Double Act when when Garnet and Ruby are grown up and you find out more about them. So, you know, it's fun to imagine them all. And I always thought if ever, you know, I was getting really, really old and tired and thought, no, that's it, can't write anymore. I would like to have, in whichever book is my last book, to have a big party with all all my favourite characters turning up in it and seeing what they think about each other. I think I think that would be lovely to write. But then sad if that was my last book because I don't want ever to stop. I just love writing. 
Oh my, well, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, Jacqueline, I would love to read that book because the characters that we've all grown up with meeting each other, you would be like, oh my goodness, will you get on? Will this work? I mean, you would sell millions of copies of that book, right? It, it would be fun. I mean, I went a little bit that way because I've written two books about a grown-up Tracy Beaker um, from the point of view of her own daughter, Jess, because I was always interested as what would happen to Tracy when she grew up. And um, and I actually in school talked about that sometimes and said, what sort of a mum do you think Tracy would be? And some of the kids said, oh, she'd be awful. And I said, no, she wouldn't because she didn't have a good mum herself who was always there for her, I think Tracy would try extra hard to be a brilliant mum. And so she has proved to be, but she's still got a lot of anger issues. So, and I thought um, there was a recent television adaptation, which um, with Danny Harmer playing Tracy again, and Montana playing her worst enemy, Justine Littlewood, and the original Cam, the original Trace's mum. I mean, it was just such fun for me to watch and, and see it all happening. So, you know, maybe this is an ongoing thing and we could see, see what happens next to some of my other characters. Well, it's like you said about the realism thing, like people grow up, people change, people get older. Like that is kind of in keeping in, in your style, I guess. Um, I do have to ask with Tracy Beaker, how was it seeing her back on screen? We, I mean, you must have been like thrilled by this I absolutely loved it and I I didn't write the scripts um a friend of mine Emma Reeves who's done wonderful adaptations of my work in the past including a stage play of Hetty Feather she did it and and she is a, an author's joy because she sticks more or less to your plot so she doesn't go off into a world completely different from your own but just occasionally she has better ideas than me for what would be good for the characters. So it's always a joy to see Emma's scripts. I hope she carries on doing work with me because, you know, it, it's lovely to see your work adapted. And um, I was thrilled. They, they had loads and loads of viewers for my mum, Tracy Beaker, which, you know, really pleased me. Well, I think you had a new audience and then you had the audience who'd watched Tracy when they were kids and were just thrilled to see her back. It was part of their childhood. Yeah. I, I, you see, this is what's so lovely for me, because if I'm stopped in the street now, it quite often is somebody in, the, in their 20s, say, or, or even 30s who remembers some of my books or some of the TV shows and thinks, ah, yes. And, uh, you know, is, is very happy to say, oh, you were part of my childhood or whatever. And I, I just think that, you know, what could be lovelier than feeling, you know, that, that people have read my books, enjoyed them and remembered them. That is such a lovely thing, Jacqueline. Um, well, thank you so much for telling us about your newest book. Um, everybody should go and read it. It is such a big adventure. And it's so, from my point of view, as a bit of a reading fan, it was nice to kind of get a backstory on the original as well. Uh, but The Primrose Where Were Children is out, I believe, is it September? Is it coming out then? September the 16th. Perfect. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Excellent legend, Jacqueline Wilson, on the Fun Kids Meets podcast. Bex. Well, you did pretty well there. That I was. That, I mean, it, first of all, what a delightful chat. Jacqueline Wilson's just so great, isn't she? Oh my goodness, I love her. And honestly, 
she just the idea that she has about like writing a book with all of her characters in meeting is just incredible i love it so much i absolutely love that because as a fellow author and i say fellow author in the same way that (laughs) bristol city and manchester city are fellow (laughs) football teams (laughs) but i love you when you do write the, the the characters really really do come alive in your head and I can only imagine having as many different books worth of characters as Jacqueline Wilson's got. The thought of all of those coming together, it does fill your brain full of happiness chemicals. So as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, man, that would be I could just I can I can understand how great that would be. In her it mind. is. Yeah, it's such and a for good the reader idea. as well. And for, and for Jacqueline Wilson fans. I was just going to say, and from a reader's point of view, like that is the dream. Like if you find a book which has all of your favourite characters in. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? That's going to be amazing. And I'm, I'm just going to say, I absolutely smashed the Fun Kids Meets Bingo. You did week. pretty well. Yeah, you did. You really did. Uh, you said, um, well, I, f- I remember, I didn't want to spoil it, but what was the first one you said again? was about um, the original. You spoke about the original yeah, where, version. Where, what, yeah, what the, what the original Railway Children was all about. Because I, like you, didn't know the original. Um, I hadn't read it or seen the film. So I did have so to... So bad at our classics. It's really bad. Had to, I actually had to ask my dad for some help. I was like, Dad, what happens in it? And he'd only seen the film, so he explained it to me via the medium of the 1970s movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, she did talk about the idea of people using her work to, to reimagine that and to do What a great shout fiction. from me that was. That was uh, when, when that bit came up, I was like, oh, yes, that is... I was happy with that. That was very, very clever, yes. I mean, that's like... Uh, yeah, it's it's almost as if you're a good interviewer, Sean. And you and I are both excellent interviewers, and we can predict what the other person's going to say. It might be my finest Fun Kids meets moment. And wow! The, the last one, which you know wasn't you know as great, but the the railway routes one, I think that was probably for the best that you didn't go into that. In my personal, <laughs> it's opinion. a sweet question though. I mean, I do love my railway goss and my train. Um, I'm quite a train geek actually, uh, so I, I thought that was quite a sweet idea for a question. But I am also glad I didn't ask it yeah. because it would have taken me off on a tangent, and it would have maybe been off. Off topic, shall we say. Yeah, and if Jacqueline Wilson then just says her favourite route is Swindon to Didcot Parkway, then it just ruins the mystique, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, d- no offence to people in Swindon or Didcot there, because that... It's just not a very inspiring train route. It's not the most glamorous train route, sure, but we all know that. You don't have to point it out, Sean. <laughs> and here we are, just thus proving our point that that question would have been a bad idea. That's why I earn the big book books. That is indeed why. <laughs> My goodness. Let's book wrap this and book there. In. I was using the word book in two different ways in case anybody was wondering. Book as in reading book and book as in money book. Okay, yeah. I'm done now. Right, I'll we're going to wind this up. We're going to wind this up, guys. And make sure you hit that subscribe button because you just never know. One of these days, one of our presenters is going to throw in a scintillating curveball question like favourite railway route and the the, the crowd are going to go wild and we'll go wild on the bit before and after the interview on fun kids meets hit that subscribe button if you fancy a little bit of that action and make sure you join us next week as we meet more interesting people on fun kids meets thank you bex thank you bye